Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today you're going to hear from Khalil Pope. He currently serves as an offensive quality control coach for the University of Southern Mississippi football program. Incredible young man, passionate about Jesus, pouring into young men through the game of football. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. You bet. So I always like to start these off with some background information. So if you don't mind, just give the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, a little bit about your family growing up and um, today. Yes, sir. Well, I'm originally from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, I was born in a little town called Brandon, Mississippi. That's about an hour up the road, but came here to Hattiesburg not too far after that. Mom graduated from Jackson State University and she started teaching school. Uh, right after college to take care of me. So so I'm an educator's child. And my family has always raised me to be big on faith, family, love, and respect. And, and that's what we do. And that's what my grandfather is a big believer in. It was, it was heavily raised by the, those guys too, uh, my grandmother and grandfather. And they're big in, in going to church and doing things the right way, treating people right in the word. And they, they raised me sternly. They whooped me a lot, but but I'm glad uh, to, to see what those things have done uh, in my life. And, and I'm really thankful for them. And today we can sit up and laugh about those things. But that's the kind of family I came from. And we got a family that's also really big in the sport. So I never I never skipped a beat. We had God, we had family, we had football, baseball, basketball, but now it's just mainly football. So that's a little bit about me and, and my family. And That's awesome. No, that's good. Well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that love of sports here in a moment. Let me ask a, one more question on, on your faith. So you talked about growing up in the church, your grandparents playing a big role in that. So at what point, though, did you go, you know what, I need a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not my grandparents' faith. I've got to make it my own. I can say when I was about 13 years old, I made that decision. I actually was on a youth campaign. I was on a youth trip. I was by myself, no parents around me, and I heard a great sermon on what you would do if it was your last day on earth and really giving your life to Christ. And that really touched my heart. And, and then I knew that I wanted to take the responsibility to give my life to the Savior. So so that was the turning point in my life and me deciding that to make Jesus my Savior. So I, I went ahead and got baptized at night. And ever since then, you know, that's what it's been. And it's pretty much been, been on fire since then. You know, life isn't perfect, but I understood at the age of 13, I really did. Wow, that's huge, especially starting off the teenage years that way. Yes, sir. That's big. That's big. And so we'll and we'll get back to faith in a minute. I want to talk about um you talked a lot, you know, you grew up playing all these sports. You were very fortunate to have the opportunity to play college football at Faulkner University there in Montgomery, Alabama. So talk about um that recruiting and kind of that journey to Faulkner. Why Faulkner? Well, I really wanted to go to Southern Miss or Jackson State, but I had some holes in the road. I don't think I was D1 ready coming out of high school, and, and I wasn't. But I, I still tried out, still sent my film. I even had a coach come and visit the house from Division One, but he pretty much told us the truth and gave us still that, that whole deal didn't work out. So my thing then was I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm not a quitter. I'm going to play college football. I said I was going to do it, and I'm going to give my best efforts to doing it. If it doesn't work out, then fine. So I filled out a recruiting questionnaire for Faulkner. I had been going to different Bible camps all my life and, and spending time with different people. We would have representatives from Faulkner University to come and spend time with us, counselors, and I would always get along with them, and I liked it. I had never visited the college, but 
for whatever reason, they invited me to a football game. I never got to attend. Uh, I, I filled out a recruiting questionnaire through not being able to go to the football game. My contact and was like, man, I'm interested. I, I would love to come and, and try out. And they were like, well, man, you can come on a visit one time and we'll we'll see about things. Make sure you send us your film and, and the coaches will look at it. So the coaches ended up looking at it and they told me they liked it. They brought me up on a visit. And not too far after that, they told me, uh, we want you to take the ACT again because my ACT score wasn't what they needed it to be, what, what they would like it to be. So we got it up to that. Actually had to drive up to Falkland to get the ACT score up. Got it up, and I'm running. I, I remember I'm at a track meet in Pedal, Mississippi, and uh, I'm, I'm running with Hattiesburg, of course, and I get third place in a mile, and I lay on the ground because I'm tired, screwed I'm tired, man. And my mom comes up and shows me my letter of intent that Falkland mailed me. So uh, I found out that I was going to sign after I, I, I almost died on, on, the, on the track. <laughs> it was it, it was real exciting, man. So Coach Brent Barker uh, was a big part of my recruitment. He left then to go somewhere out in Texas uh, to be an athletic director and a head football coach at, on a high school level. And uh, we got uh, Coach Charlie Bourne and, and his son. They were blessings and, and a lot of guys from that staff. And then after four years with them, I did one year – with the Washington's and they've been an extreme blessing in my life in more ways than I could, I could tell you, but that's my journey to fall. And it it was great from uh, athletics to just spiritual life on campus. Mm. It really impacted me and helped me mold myself to, to be who I am today, being accountable, being on time, getting to pray with people, getting to go places and do things. I could talk to y'all all day about it, but Faulkner is, is really near and dear to my heart. What positions you play? I played punter. I was a punter. Awesome. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Love I want to be like Marquette King. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, at what point, though, in this journey, did you feel that call or desire to get into coaching? Well, I knew I wanted to get into coaching after high school. I, mm. I, I played under the legendary coach, Tony Vance, here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I call him legendary because he's a living legend. He's done more for this community than I've ever seen before. And we've gone to two straight undefeated seasons, 26-2 and two, uh, the season before last. And he's just done things I haven't seen done in Hattiesburg before. And it's been amazing. But he taught me some things. He did some things to me in high school and for me that some of them I didn't even like, but because of those things that I experienced, I knew right after I finished playing for him, I want to coach football and I want to coach it on the college level. I didn't know why, but I said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. And it's worked out. And and that's when I knew And throughout college, I got to see people like coach Shane Washington and and coach Tommy Washington and, and coach Barker who recruited me. I got to see guys like that. And it's like, this is what I want to do, and this is the guy I want to be. And then just being blessed to be at Southern Miss, you see a whole pool of coaches that, that I learned from, that, that I love, and that continue to uh, pour into me and, and develop my philosophy as to who I want to be and what I want to do. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, you talked about being there at Southern Miss. We'll talk about that in just one second. I want to give a little – little plug, if you will, you talked about being surrounded by guys that, you know, pour into you there. Um, I just want to kind of mention to listeners right now that if you're new to this podcast, go back probably uh, nine or 10 months and look up Scotty Walden. He's on staff there. So the missile, you know, blow you away. I just absolutely don't give plugs like that, but I just felt, (laughs) felt that that's good. And, you know, when you and I talked, you know, before we hit the record button, just the, 
the solid guys y'all have there on staff and just not just from a football perspective, but the, the spiritual impact that's happening there, which I love, you know, makes me um, deepen my, my love for Southern Miss. Although I grew up an Auburn fan, I've, you know, we talked about, you know, just the journey over the last five or six years of um, becoming a kind of a, Southern Miss fan as well. So Not kind of, but no, no, no. You're a Golden <laughs> Eagle fan. You're a That's Golden right. Eagle fan. Exactly. That's right. And, and That's when right. we play Auburn this year, you're going for us. There we go. I'm in on that. I'll do it. Um, I'll I'll rep some Southern Miss gear and we'll do it. So that's good. So your own staff is uh, what's called an offensive quality control coach. Um, Yes, sir. So what exactly is an offensive quality control coach? An offensive quality control coach, in in my definition, is somebody that does a lot of self-charting for the coordinators. And you also do a lot of work for the position coaches as well. You work with the graduate assistants hand-in-hand with them. You chart, you you record things, you cut up film, uh, you do different things on a computer to draw things up for coaches and whatever else that, that they may need. But not only that, more importantly, what, what makes the game go is the players. And we really assist the players as well. We help the players out in maybe ways that the coaches – can't get to right then. So uh, it, it's great to do. And it's also what, what you do is you do a lot of learning from the position coaches. You know, obviously, quality control coaches, graduate assistants, lower level coaches, young coaches, they want to be in the position coaches' spots one day mm-hmm. and to be able to do what they're doing. So we learn from them and we learn the system and the business. And, it, and it's great to do so. So that's what I do here. Whatever Coach Hobson may ask, the head guy, whatever Coach Davis, uh, the guy I work with with the running backs, whatever Coach Walden may ask of, uh, that, that, that's what we do. That's awesome. So what is it like coaching for the hometown team? I mean, you grew up a Southern Miss fan. So what is it like now to put on that gear every day and go to work at Southern Miss? Southern Miss. Okay, it's amazing. And I'm going to show you something real quick, if you don't mind. All right. That's so. Good. I'm going to show you how special it is to me, all right? Hattiesburg is special to me. This is me with Damon Fletcher, the all-conference USA running back. I'm probably 11, 12 years old, and that's a guy that just played on special teams up there. So, you know, I, I've been I've been repping Southern Miss since I was a kid, and to actually be able to do some coaching here, man, is absolutely amazing. I, I can't I can't tell you. I grew up here. I love this town. I love the community. I love the people from the mayor down to the people that – uh, pick up the trash, man. I, I love everybody. And and to be able to come back and put on the gear every day is special. And it's kind of like one of those things where you have to paint yourself because you can't believe it. My uncle came in one day and was like, I want to talk to you. He was talking in a stern voice, and I'm like, what did I do? Like, did I not clean up something? And then he just pulls out a piece of my gear. He's like, man, I want to talk to you about this. It is so special to see you do this, and and it is. And it's really just God's blessing because I could have been anywhere else. I could have been at a high school somewhere in Tennessee, or I could have been at Hattiesburg High, but I'm at the University of Southern Mississippi, a place where I spent a lot of my time as a kid. So it is absolutely amazing. It's a blessing. That's awesome. So let me ask you, when we talked about some of the other guys on staff that, you know, strong men of faith, you know, obviously faith plays a big role in your coaching but have you ever – have you experienced any resistance either from other coaches or players um, in just in your early coaching career? When you say resistance, what exactly do you mean? I mean, people telling you to tone it down a little bit related to your faith. I haven't. Not at Southern Miss. That's not an issue. It's never been an issue as far as 
players, not coaches. That's what we believe in. That's what our program is founded on. Our program is uh, founded on spirituality and grit, toughness, hard work, fight. That's what we do. It's God first, then everything else. It's spirituality and a bunch of fight. And a, bunch, that's and, awesome. and a bunch of perseverance and grit. That, that's what we do. I like to call it grit culture. That's what Southern Miss is. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Like so it's that. never been any resistance. It, it, matter of fact, every position coach is, I, I would dare say, a spiritual guy and a head coach mm-hmm. is too. That's awesome. That's incredible. Um, you know, that's just, and that's not the norm a lot of times so that's that's encouraging um especially as a parent you know as a parent you you like to know and that's that's what's been so great about this podcast journey is interacting with men and women in athletics for the last three years or so that strong faith and you know all across the country it's just so encouraging as a parent to know that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of followers of Christ pouring into young men and young women that, you know, the media is not going to show that. Um, Absolutely not. And oftentimes the church won't even show it. Right. I mean, because it's, you know, they're not showing the good inside the public schools. And so I just think it's incredible. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, I think you're definitely right about that. I can remember coach Dabo Sweeney doing an interview and he started talking about the glory of God and they cut him off. So mm. it's it's really important though to see it and, and see it for a blast and, and it's a blessing. And I, I know I mentioned earlier being able to see what you want to be and, and take things from these coaches so that when I'm I'm in their seat one day I can give it. And one of the biggest things is being a guy that pours God into the players and impacts their lives in more ways than X's and O's. And that's mm. that's so important. That's right, because X's and O's are going to be gone one day in a young man's life, you know, because very few of them, I mean, if you look at the numbers, very few are even going to play at the next level. So who are they going to be after Southern Miss? Yes, sir. That's a big thing. You want them to be great people. That's good. So let me ask you, this is kind of a fun one. I'm just kind of curious, just from uh, your playing or coaching days, early coaching, is there a guy just from pure athletics that just really stands out to you? A guy from pure Pure athletic Athletics. ability. My goodness. It, it, it's so many. It, it is so many. It, it is so many. I, I'm, I'm serious. But one guy that I think of right off the top of my head is Robert Lockhart. You probably never heard of him mm-hmm. because he played at Faulkner. He is Faulkner University's all-time leading wide receiver in receptions and reception yards. Robert signed a letter of intent and played a year at the University of Miami. He got hurt there. He got hurt there and decided to transfer. And he transferred to the University of Nebraska. Like he, he didn't have any hold, he didn't have any hold up in anything he was doing, but maybe some things didn't work out somehow, some way. And he ended up at Highs Community College here in Mississippi. Then he ended up at Faulkner. And when I tell you it wasn't anything that Robert couldn't do, I've seen him catch balls over four people. Just athletic, faster than everybody, just better than everybody. And that's one thing I've seen and hadn't seen anything like it before. That's awesome. What about, um, you know, from the on the faith side, is there an athlete that whether as a player or as a coach, you've really, you don't have to name names, but just kind of a testimony of you seeing God use you in their life? I would say it's, it's a player that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, he, he actually signed a junior college scholarship here in Mississippi. Uh, that, that kid's special, though. 
That kid is absolutely special, and I, I've got to spend a lot of one-on-one time, one-on-one time with him. Being his, being his volunteer kicking coach a few years, and Coach Vance allowed me to be able to work with him when I would come back home, and mm. and I did some internships over co- over with Coach Vance, and I worked with the kickers mainly. And Stewart, that, that that kid is special. I've seen God work work with me in his life. I've seen him show me things that only a, a, a spiritual way of of seeing things could show you, and it's been special. His mom is close to me, very close to his family and his sister and everybody, even his grandma. So that's that's definitely a, a blessing from God, and I know it. That's awesome. So how do you balance? I mean, being a coach is, is tough as far as time. Um, I mean, it's it's very demanding, not just in the season. It's a year-round deal, right, especially Division One football. There's no rest. So how do you balance life as a coach with life outside of football? The absolute best you can, honestly. I think that's the simplest way to say it. But to get into the details of how I do it, man, is just work as hard as I can from the from the time I go into the building at Southern Miss to the time that I leave uh, the university. And when I go home, try to spend a little time with my family that I can and, um, and, and go to bed and, and do it all over again. And then when we get days off, that, that's the time I try to spend with my family or to do things that I haven't been able to do because I've been in the office so much, you know, and, and, and that's the way you do it. And obviously responsibilities are a big thing outside of work. You have to get those done. You just have to make time to do things, but it's all good. Yeah. So what about, you know, from the spiritual side, how do you stay connected to the church when it's, it's, it's work all the time? How do you stay connected in your personal spiritual life when it's, it's football 24 seven? Read my Bible read my Bible in the morning, just, just fitting it in different places, praying. I know those are two things that are normally said for everybody, but honestly, you have to have a relationship with God. And if you're going to have a relationship with him, you have to talk to him. And, and, and that's one thing I do. And sometimes things get so hectic and fast paced. You, you, you can actually forget to do it. But one thing I try to do is, is force myself to just sit down sometimes when I have me 30 seconds and just talk to God. God, Thank you for blessing me with the opportunity. And I pray that everything that, that is going on, it, it goes on for your glory and, and that everything works out the way you want it to work out. And and then I try to read the verse of the day and then try to get a little bit extra in later on. So that's how I manage my faith and, and just know that he's working. He's always at work, no matter what. It doesn't even have to be about coaching and a plan for the future. He's at work in some kind of way. You know, what is he showing you today? You know, mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, that's huge when you talk about um, getting in the Word every day, starting the day in the Word. I mean, that's, that's critical. I know for me personally, I can tell a big difference in my day if I've started in the Word versus when I haven't. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Um, let me ask you about a little something else you do there in Hattiesburg. Um, I found very interesting. You write a blog where you highlight local folks in Hattiesburg. Just Just give us a brief a brief history and kind of what that's all about. Berg built broadcasting. That's what I'm talking about. In Hattiesburg, we Berg built steward. We got to get you Berg built. But anyway, man, (laughs) Berg built broadcasting is really just to shine some light on Hattiesburg. I'm a guy that personally believe that a lot of kids around here are talented, whether athletically or whether it's playing an orchestra instrument or singing 
or just doing robotics. I believe a lot of children and young people around here are talented and I want to highlight them. But especially the athletic side, because I believe it's a lot of athletes here that, that don't get noticed. And it may not even get them to, to get noticed by ESPN, the local news or a college coach, but it's for the people in the community to be, be aware of, hey, we got this kid, encourage, encourage him, share this, read about him, know that he's working hard, know that he's doing positive things. And not only is he doing positive things on the field, he's, he's, a, good guy. he's a great guy, he's a great woman. She's a great woman in the classroom as well. And, and that's what Bird Bill Broadcasting was all about. I love that. I mean, it's just a simple way to to give back and serve the community and um, and encourage people and probably you know builds relationships with which creates opportunities to to share your faith as well. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Let me ask about the role of sports um, in our culture, specifically in in your case, obviously football. Um, and this isn't about politics, but our culture is very divided. It can be race, politics, religion, socioeconomics, you name it. But football has this unique ability to kind of tear down those walls. So how have you seen in your experience um, the game of football tearing down those walls? It's honestly just like sports teams, if you think about it. Everybody on that team has a common goal. Mm. We want to win. We do. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter your religious beliefs. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what's going to happen in your future. We have one common goal. We want to be able to win. We want to be able to do things the right way. We want to be able to win big, not just win a few games. We want to win a championship. So we're all in. And I think that it's simple as that, but not only do sports bring people together through wanting to win, while sports brings people together through wanting to win, you build relationships that you might not have anywhere else, and that's special. And I also think through the fans, you have a million, you have a hundred thousand fans in some stadiums on Saturdays, or in our case, thirty or forty thousand in our stadium. I guarantee you all those people aren't the same color and they don't believe in the same religious beliefs. But I guarantee you when, when the Eagles score a touchdown, people are high-fiving. When, when, when those war Eagles score a touchdown, people that don't believe in the same thing or might not even like each other otherwise are high-fiving. Man, it's good to see you. Would you like for me to get you some food? Is there anything you need? People mm-hmm. are serving each other and loving each other and growing together through the game of football, and that's beautiful. That I is. Like you know, when I – I ask that question a lot really to kind of drive home the point that, hey, there's a lot of good that comes out of football. But also, to me, it's just such a beautiful picture of how Jesus designed the church, Big C, not the individual churches that meet, but the overall church. We have a common goal, loving God and loving others. But we let things inside the church divide us. But yet, you know, so to me, that football analogy is just a beautiful picture of how Jesus designed us to live. You know, yes, sir. A common goal. If we would just focus on the common goal, we could, man, we could tear up this culture in a good way. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me ask you for some advice. A lot of our, you know, and you know, you you know this, a lot of people that listen are student athletes and coaches. So what would you say to that listener who understands athletics as a platform? It can be used for good or bad, that is a follower of Christ and really wants to take a hold of that platform and use it for good. How would you encourage them to be bold in their faith with that platform they've been given of athletics? First and foremost, I want to say this, just just from my heart, 
keep God first and understand that it's not you that's doing the things, but it, but it's God working through you. And you have to understand that the things that's going on uh, is so that you can give him the glory. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed no matter what, because the father loves you. But to use that platform, you know, I, I think you have to understand that first and foremost, but two, giving him the glory. When you give him the glory, other people will see that and they'll understand and they, and they'll, and even if they don't completely understand, they'll want to know Christ. Who is this? Why do you, why are you like that? Why, when, why is it when things happen good for you, you're giving glory to this God of yours? You know, what, what's going on? Why is that? Why don't you just take all the fame for yourself? Honestly, why don't you celebrate it? Why ain't it about you? Well, my blessings comes from this place. And I believe this because it is. And then you, you, you might even get somebody to believe in God that hasn't believed in God before. And I think that that's, that's awesome too. That's right. You mentioned giving God glory um, when, when the good things happen. And I think people really watch too when things aren't so good. You know, yes, how sir. do you react? You know, how, yes. is this faith really real? You know, and, and that's, you know, in sports, you're not going to win them all. Mm-mm. You know, so, so uh, you know, pe- people definitely are always watching. Um, so that's good. Good stuff. Life, not either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, growing up in the church, I'm sure you had a favorite, favorite verse, but also like to give the option of if you don't, you know, want to share a life verse or don't have one. Is there one that God has shown you in your life recently that you would share to encourage us? Galatians 6, 9. Oh, let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due time ye shall reap if you faint not. That, that's something that God has really put on me, put on my life, something that I've enjoyed a lot and, and really spoke to me. And I'm going to be honest with you, Coach Davis makes the players recite that every day before uh, before meetings start where he, he tries to get somebody to do it. He's trying to encourage them to learn it. But he I don't think he understands that he's touched me in a big way because that that's so true. You can't grow weary and well-doing, you know, for in due time, if you keep doing the right thing, if you never give up on what you're going for, if you never give up on believing in God and believing that he has a plan for you, no matter what that plan is, you're going to reap the benefits. You're going to reap the blessings from that. And and we all want to be blessed, but it's, it's not always easy to not give up when things aren't going your way. But if you don't, you're going to reap big time. And that, that blessing, that, that verse is a blessing. Excuse that's me for awesome. stumbling so much, but thanks. No, that's good. That's got to be a team verse because uh, one of my boys, we were at a game this fall here at the bowl game, and uh, one of the boys after the game – one of the players threw him a, a bracelet. I think it was it was a wide receiver, and that verse was on the bracelet. Um, wow. And that really and that really stood out to um, to my boys. You know, and, and being a dad, I meant a lot to see um, a college college athlete. You know, knowing that Galatians six nine that's what they were all about. And then I was talking to to one of the players. He's like, "Nah, we we, we talk about that in team meetings." Um, and I thought, man, that is so good because it's, I mean, it is, it's, it's, all, I mean, that is so applicable in football, but, but, but like you said, it's also applicable in life. Um, you know, don't ever give up and don't ever get tired of chasing um, and, and, di- and doing good because, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. The Bible, you know, nowhere in this book does it say that life, you know, being a follower of Jesus is easy and that everything's going to be perfect. You know, we're going to we're going to stumble across bad times. We're going to have those ups and downs. But, 
He promises that all, even those bad times are going to come back and it's like a puzzle. It's all going to be put together and it's all going to be good. He uses it yes, all. Sir. So that's good. Yes, I love that verse. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Me too. So, yeah. Me too. And I really started thinking, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've, it's a verse I've heard a lot, but knowing that it's a big part of y'all's football program, I, I you know, I, it just really st- stood out to me. And so I've, you know, ever since uh, D- December, January, I've, I've read it a lot just because it just, to me, it just, it, it meant more knowing that, you know, it's being shared with young men every day. And I thought, yes, you know sir. what, that's, that, that's powerful. It really is. I, I can't describe it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So let's close it out with a, this is kind of a practical question, if you will. You know, it's, it's all over sports. I don't have to get into what two words all in means. I mean, it's very simple to know that it just means giving your all. But also in the New Testament, especially in the Gospels, you look, that's what Jesus calls us to be. You know, deny yourself, be selfless, take up your cross. I mean, Jesus is always talking about that. So from a practical sense, what does that look like on a daily basis for you, Khalil, to be all in in your walk with Christ? My heart, my mindset, and my goals are, are, are in the same place at the same time, and they're the same thing that, uh, you know, I'm willing to pay the price for. But not only that, you know, it's what God wants me to do and, and walk in the path that he wants me to walk. And, and with everything I have and everything I have to give, every breath I have to give, it's for him and, and his glory and what he wants me to do. And that's really what being all in is to me is, is helping and serving and loving people with everything that I have and not holding back from being that's all good. in. I like you yeah. said every breath, because it's easy to be all in, if you will, if you're at church or around, um, you know, Bible study groups or whatever, but man, you said every breath. And I think that is exactly what, what Jesus told the disciples. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, and so, and then, you know, the second thing was love the neighbor as yourself. So I think you summed it up there. Every breath is a gift from him and therefore we should live it for him. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. That is excellent. I do, man. I know, uh, I appreciate your your time um, in, in doing this. And I, I know people listening are, be equally encouraged by your passion and your energy to, um, you know, to keep chasing after Jesus. I love it. I, man, I appreciate you for everything you're doing. I, and I already told you this before, but I tell you again, I appreciate it. And I appreciate what God's doing through you and for you more, most importantly. And I'm sure your family is blessed by that as well. Thanks, man. Thank you again to Khalil for taking time to share his story. Just a young man, passionate about Jesus and making Jesus known. I know I was encouraged by our time together, and I, I hope you were as well. Just you know, just a reminder that um, to keep God first in everything, and you know, to not grow weary in doing good, to never give up in our walk with Him. And so, thanks again for listening. Um, I hope you will share this with someone, a family member or a friend that may need to be encouraged that you also, if, if they're listening for the first time, that you would uh, hit the subscribe button, whatever platform you're using to, to listen to this episode, that you would uh, subscribe to the podcast. We love to hear from you. You can go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org, or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just simply in the search bar, type in All In Sports Outreach. And our website, social media, you can send us a message, but also find out who we are, why we do what we do, and opportunities to pray, to serve, and to give. Thank you again for listening. 
listening. Thank you for your support, your encouragement, and your prayers.